Welcome to Hattrick City on WXCI 91.7, Danbury's only all-hockey radio show. Uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. You want me to dummy you again? Hattricks, baby! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, as always joined by my co-host, DJ Uncle Matt. And today we got a few things to talk about. First, we're going to start things off talking about this weekend with the Columbus River Dragons. Obviously, we split the series there, had New Haven night as well. Uh, Matt, give us your insight. You know, you were able to kind of watch the game, at least from a fan perspective, before I go into my thing from the box. Um, you know, tell us about the weekend. Uh, it was really um, exactly as I thought it was going to be, Pat, in a lot of ways. It was probably the best weekend of hockey we've seen in Danbury this year. And uh, even though we split the series, you know, Friday night, uh, we lost in overtime on kind of an unlucky play there uh, at the end of the game. But, um, look, Saturday night uh, it proved to be kind of uh, an equally equal Yeah. And, you know, it was an equal battle on Saturday night. And, uh, listen, you get some lucky bounces and lucky decisions. It was one of the most um, hard-to-describe endings that I've ever seen to any type of athletic game uh, pretty much in my life. What it was a real WWE moment for me was when the goal horn at Danbury Arena sounds – and Columbus is in the locker room thinking they've already won the game. And then just a reaction from Billy McCreary and the rest of the, the guys on the hat tricks was amazing. Um, this will go down as a legendary weekend in uh, Danbury hockey history, not just because of the two great games that were played between two first-place teams, both hungry to get a championship. Uh, I think it's, you know, Justin Schmidt, pretty much spent the entire weekend uh, with the Animal House crew, Lee, uh, Rizik, uh, his boys from Brooklyn, and, uh, you know, Ron Rogel and his wife Alex. I mean, they just Schmidt was in the crowd the whole time, and it was kind of great to see him, uh, although he was scratched and would have nice to see him play. Uh, I guess Columbus didn't seem to feel like it was necessary that he do get in the lineup. So he was hanging out and uh, taking a couple of beers back w with some fans. So it was really, like I said, I think it was a great weekend. I was a little disappointed in the crowd for Saturday night with the New Haven night. I, um, You know, the crowd wasn't exactly what it could have been but i think for the, the for me the biggest missing piece was that tom tk kennedy wasn't around it was i know it was his, it's his birthday weekend and he has kind of had some other plans and commitments but he's been such a big part of new haven night since we had it and i always used to love his uh second intermission kind of lecture uh about new haven hockey that he used to do uh it was uh some involvement from the new haven nighthawks brewing which is the, uh, which is how that name and that 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 team kind of lives on, but yeah, uh, I thought the jerseys were cool, and uh, just some of the best hockey we saw so far this season. No, I completely agree there. Um, 
you know, Friday night was, you know, close the whole way through. Um, I thought a little too close for comfort. Um, you know, just just viewing how that game kind of should have been played. But it, it really, Friday night was a battle of the goalies. Um, you know, you had Colgan in net for Columbus and Wilson, obviously, in net for us. So, you know, it was it was destined to be a good game from there. Um, obviously, with the closeness, it kind of made things a little uneasy until that, that unfortunate ending. Um, and then Saturday, um, I could not think of a better way to describe that than, you know, WWE, WWF type ending. Um, you know, that, that was another great game played and, you know, just New Haven night. It's always, it's always fun to see that. And again, I was kind of surprised with the low attendance and, you know, the lack of, uh, TK, the man himself being there. Um, but you know, it was either way, still a fun night. And, you know, this, the boys are now on the road for the next two weekends. Got a three on three type game week going into next week with Watertown, um, you know, fourth place currently in the standings. And, you know, obviously we're, we're just two points off from Binghamton, you know, kind of being tied with us or taking us over. But um, I think it's definitely going to be a hard tilt. I mean, just doing that three days consecutively. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you have a Thursday night game, right? So it's, uh, you know, a little bit of a quicker turnaround than the guys are usually used to. And then, you know, you have a team that's struggling to stay relevant in the division, uh, right now, and it's surprising that um, you know uh, ownership changes, obviously coaching changes, and lo- uh, roster changes have really made the Watertown Wolves a much different team than we saw come in last year, uh, and and really you know uh, sometimes dominate the hat tricks in in certain situations. Definitely on the power play a few times last year. It's not this. It's not the case this year. And uh, I, I think that if the guys, the Hattricks bring a lot of momentum into this three-game series, it could go entirely their way. But I do think it will be tough. I'm hoping that Amesbury will be back in the lineup. A three and three is tough. You need to bring a few guys up there to be ready to go. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he will be. I know, like technically, he is back um, after Saturday night's game. He's eligible to be in the lineup again. So, you know, welcome back to Amesbury. Um, first off. But, um, yeah, no, I... It would be great to see him out there getting some games. I mean, it would be great to see him playing all these three games against Watertown just to get him back on the ice and and back involved with this team because I I do think it's been way too long. And um, I just want, you know, I want to say this because I'm I'm a media person, right? We're we're conducting um, this show as media people, as fans, Um, I just think it was really stupid that the league suspended um, Daniel Amesbury until after this Columbus series. Uh, You know, Justin Schmidt was up here. These two guys are probably two of the most recognizable guys in the entire league. It just didn't make any sense. And it's just another thing that happens in the federal league where you're like, what's actually going on here? You know, uh, uh, I think that I think that a great opportunity was missed to have the type of Saturday night hockey game action that that the city is all about and, and, that, and that makes for a great time at Danbury Arena. So I don't know who I'm directing this at, but it was pretty stupid. A uh, huge loss of maybe a marketing opportunity, some online clips. If you, if you look back at some of the fights that Joe Pace 
and Justin Schmidt had last year in this Federal Hockey League, we're talking millions and millions of views on Facebook. Not hun- not thousands, not hundreds of thousands, into the multi-millions. So, you know, the, the goal for any league should be to do that every week, every month. And, you know, for the Federal Hockey League to kind of cut, cut off the opportunity, see these two guys from Ice Wars maybe go at it in Danbury, I just think it was stupid, you know? So that that's what I want to say about that. Of course. Um, you know, with that being said, um, I also want to talk about briefly, uh, WestCon is having their final weekend of games at home at Danbury Arena. Uh, of course, the WestCon ice hockey team. So that'll be on February 10th and 11th. The 11th is at 9 o'clock. And the 10th, I believe, is at 7. So make sure to come on down, support the Wolves on their last last stretch here, um, the 11th being senior night. So, you know, best of luck to the boys. I'll be there on Saturday. Can't make it Friday, unfortunately, since I'll be traveling. But, you know, of course, go Wolves and go Hattricks. So without further ado, stay tuned for the rest of this episode. This is Frankie McClendon, Danbury Hattrick's goalie. You're listening to Hattrick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI. What do you want to talk about, man? I mean, we can just run back the same. Like, I'm good. Okay. I'm game for it. We're good. Good practice run. Got it in. Yeah, there you go. A good, you know, a good hour practice run. <laughs> oh, God. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to WXCI Danbury. This is Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, and today we got the captain of the WestCon hockey team. Well, let me put it as the newer captain, the one and only Mason Perugini. Mason, how are we doing today? Even better the second time. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. There we go. Yep. Uh, for those, we're, we're probably going to make a few references to conversations that happened like a little before this. Um, I goofed and did not record an entire conversation. Um <laughs> So this is this is take two, um, so this will go. You'll you'll hear this, um, but yeah, we're gonna go from there. Um, tell us about how you got that new captain position. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a great setup. I mean, I was already in the alternate cap captain position before, hmm. and we had a uh, obviously Justin. He was on a couple weeks ago, and he was our captain previously. Uh, coming in the second semester, he got a really good op- job opportunity with the police department down in New Jersey. You know, it was an offer he really couldn't refuse. And as much as it sucks to see him yeah. leave the team, it's really, really good opportunity for him, and the whole team's happy for him. And I'm happy to step up and fill in those shoes. Big shoes to fill, but I'll be able to do it. Of course. Um, and, you know, honestly, you know, just kind of off the record, um, I kind of saw you being the next captain after he left anyway. I mean, the way I've seen you lead in the games that I've been able to watch, I was like, this is your guy. <laughs> you know, after Justin goes, this is the next the next step up. Yeah, I appreciate that. Of course. Um, you know, and then I also want to mention our buddy Gavin Galasano. Um, <laughs> I, I love that kid. He's legend. Legend. Um, and he talks about him because I know Justin was mentioning, you know, keeping him on. Do, does he kind of, like, want to be a leader or does he have any um, type of that? like i mean as far as like the leadership decision as far as getting like an a or a c or something like that i don't really know what direction the coaching staff is going to want to go with that Mm. but 
with the way that kid works, man, like Gavin is a workhorse. Yeah. Like he'll go out there. It's like he's sprinting his whole shift. He'll go out, lay a body, get through like five kids just because he's, he's like the energizer bunny. Like he just doesn't stop. He's crazy. Yeah. He, um, like he Ovechkin's during periods, like he's, in between. Yeah. With oh, the soda. Yeah. 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 Dude. Um, yeah. And then for like the longest in the beginning of the season, um, he was playing at, you know, at defense, but he's a winger, I was told, or at least, you know, a forward. No, no. Or was it the he, other way around? Yeah, he's a defenseman. We we pulled him up. We pulled him up to wing a couple times. That's what it was. Okay. And like we we'll bring him up to wing when our roster's a little messed up with guys like being sick or yeah. guys being out. Just because, like throwing him on the forecheck, I wouldn't want to be a defenseman seeing Gavin Galisano coming full speed at me. So yeah, yeah. no, he he's a he's a key part of the team. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Um. You guys just had a amazing weekend. Got a clean sweep against Stevens and Stack. Um, tell us a little bit about both wins. Yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal weekend, uh, like through and through. Just such a great time. I mean, coming in the second semester, we got a couple new guys on the team. So being able to start this hot in the second semester is huge. I mean, Stevens was tight game. You know, refing was all over the place. Not for the fact that they were only calling calls against us, but, like, they were not letting a single thing through. Like, you'd tap a guy in the hands, slashing, cross-check in front of the net, guy doesn't fall, you're getting sent to the box. So, battling through that, I mean, even in the first period, we got we had two guys get misconduct penalties. So, that was, between the two of them, we had nine guys for the first 12 minutes of the period. Yeah. So tough but we, we battled through ended up having a big comeback in the third period we were down 3-1 going into the third two quick goals figured it out and then closed the show in the shootout and then as far as stack goes that was a fun game that yeah. was a really fun game i mean we got to come in you know stack not liking us too much because we already we already beat him pretty bad earlier in the season mm-hmm. came in with kind of an attitude stack uh they tried to be physical, but, you know, our guys just heads up, just walked through it. And then not to say that we steamrolled Stack, but, you know, we were firing on all cylinders. It was like even when Stack scored, there was, there was no worries from our group. Just pure confidence, but only that confidence coming because of how hard we've been working in practice and how hard our new coach, Aiden, he's been, he, he's been taking over the reins really well for Corey and just really making sure this group stays solid and you know i think this weekend was a big result of that of course and you know coach aiden he joined a little late into the last semester um you know tell us what that transition has been like i mean it's been pretty seamless i mean aiden was an assistant coach for us for the whole year as it is uh the whole locker room respects aiden and respects how he's been stepping up for us i mean not for nothing, had it not been for Aiden, our program would be in a much different position right now if we didn't have someone like him to step up and really take the reins over for the ship. I mean, he made it very clear that we were still here to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what we've been doing. I mean, Aiden, Aiden's a big part of that success that we saw this weekend, and I think it's just going to keep rolling through this year and translate to next year as well. You know, being able to keep the same group together is going to be huge. Of course. And, you know, you guys have two more weekends left of games you guys got one on the road 
Um, and one of those featuring a appearance at Sacred Heart's new rink on campus. Uh, your thoughts on that? We're all hyped for that. I mean, it's going to be sick to play at that facility. It's, I mean, from everything I hear and everything that I've seen, unreal facility, super nice ice. So we're, we're all excited to go in there and steal a win from Sacred Heart on their their home turf. I mean, much nicer than playing over at Wonderland. So we're all excited. I was going to say, so you guys played at Wonderland of Ice before. Um, you know what? Could you compare that to any of the other rinks that you guys kind of traveled to? I would say Wonderland. The nice thing about Wonderland is the commute's not bad. It's like 45 minutes for us. Mm. So that's huge, not having to go super far, like two, three hours away. Um, I'd say the most comparable rink to Wonderland is probably probably Stack. Okay. But that's like a loose. I mean, yeah. like Wonderland has really good ice. It's just something about it I don't like. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's Sacred Hearts home rink. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wonderland's not bad, but it's definitely going to be cool to be playing at the new re- I don't even know. It's like it's the Matrier or wh- whatever. Something, yeah, all the Maritime family something. Right? It, yeah, some, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It, But it, it's going to be cool to go there. New I campus. Mean, I'm, I'm sure hopefully a $70 million rink is nice. So I, I'd we'll imagine see. so. Yeah. Um, You know, and then after that, you guys finish out at home. You got senior night on the 11th. Um. Tell us how you're feeling about, you know, the, the season coming to an end. Bittersweet. Definitely bittersweet. I mean, it's it's exciting to still have these four games because I think we got a lot of confidence in the group right now. And to be able to have the opportunity to go 4-0 out in the season, or really like 6-0 out in the season, is what's motivating a lot of guys especially to do it for colin who's been the backbone of this team for the last three four years mm-hmm. you know it, it'll be nice to be able to step up for him in these last four but i think we're all ready to go and you know being on home ice is also nice not having to travel anymore so exactly that, yeah yeah you guys um believe your last home game was somewhere early december and then you know you guys just embarked on this you know what seemed to be never-ending road trip um you know how does that kind of affect the psyche a little bit just being on the road every single weekend you're out i mean i don't think it really affects us too bad as far as you know our effort in the games or our end result in the games i mean it's tough when you have a 10 o'clock start over in like flushing and you're getting back home at like three in the morning but as far as our play, I don't think the road games really affect it. Uh, but again, it's always nice to be home. Especially, yeah. I'm glad we get to end off the season at home after a long away stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it's just weird that the, the league, I think, implements that. You have to have X amount of road games on the schedule. Yeah, it's something like, I, I don't really know how the, the regulations in the league work out, but the way our schedule always sends, tends to work out is we start like four at home, yeah. go like eight on the road and then finish out yeah. like a couple, like like one home game, five road games, and then end out the year on home. Yeah, it's usually a odd ratio whenever the schedule comes out, but you know, either way, you guys still fight through it and make it through. Um, you know, and then what's probably your best memory of this season? Uh, two come to mind. So... The first one would be our stack game earlier in the year. It was uh, 
a home game against Stack. It was like a midday game on a Saturday. Uh, game started around two, and I had like a legal competition for the school that I had to go to prior to that. And the way that worked is you go in, you argue. It's like it's kind of like mock trial, so it's like a mock trial type of thing for law. Um, but in the realm of Supreme Court arguments. So went through, did that. You compete head-to-head against other schools. We ended up beating Yale like twice. So we sh- we showed Yale Westcon, showed yeah. him what's up. Westcon, and then, Westcon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> made it made it to national championships in that. Once we advanced, I had like an hour to get to the game before the game started at Stack. Or it was in Danbury, but we were playing Stack. Yeah. Um, was hauling ass to get to that game. Uh, got there, game started at like one. I ended up getting to the rank at like one thirty, something like that. So uh, I got dressed as fast as I could, played like a shift in the first period. We were down two nothing, and then, you know, we were just buzzing from that point on. Once we got started that second period, I, I ended up with like four goals in the game. We ended up smoking stack. It was like eight to two. Yeah. But fun game. And then the other one would just be this weekend. Like, coming up, new semester, new guys coming in. It, it's unreal the way that, you know, one, the new guys have just perfectly flowed into this group. Mm. And then, two, just, like, the chemistry this team has right now. I mean, we're firing on all cylinders. And to be able to sweep the weekend was a great feeling. It really shows all the hard work that not only us but the coaching staff has put into this team. And, you know, it's starting to pay off. And hopefully we'll be able to sweep out the rest of the year, too. Of course. And then kind of divert a little bit so you're mentioning you know going to this legal competition uh what are you majoring currently i'm a justice and law administration major with a concentration in legal studies all right yeah so basically the jla is like a business criminal criminal law combination like management criminal law and then legal studies is more like lawyer oriented so um you know what kind of led you into that field so when I was in high school, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do because coming in freshman at high school, 14 years old, I had the same idea that every hockey player had, and I was like, oh, I'm for sure going to the NHL. Like, don't have to worry about this whole school thing. Don't have to worry about, you know, a career. My career is going to be playing hockey. I'll be making millions of dollars, and if I do it for three years, that's fine. That's $3 million in the bank. I'm good to go. You know, and then reality hit once I hit, like, junior year, and I was like, oh, that's not really how it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, not that I'm a bad hockey player, but no, not, no. you know. <laughs> yeah. There's levels to the game. So, but, yeah, it was, you know, a bit of a reality check. But I've always been – my girlfriend loves to say that I love to argue, and I'll argue for everything. So, you know, that's something that I enjoy. So law kind of worked perfectly into that. So – then I found a big interest in the law, and it just flowed right into the major that Westcon provided. So, awesome. Um, were there any other paths that you kind of looked at before making the final decision on taking JLA? Yes and no. So, again, with not really acknowledging that there was another career path going into high school, just thinking, "Oh, I'm obviously going to the NHL." I wasn't really thinking. I was like, "Oh, I guess my backup plan will be like sports management or sports." sports something because I was just like oh I want to be involved in sports which I still do and like hopefully I can do that through the venue of law but back then it was literally just like sports like my major will be sports (laughs) which obviously isn't realistic so but 
the initial game plan was going to like sports marketing or something like that. But then the more I looked into it, the more I, I really found that law was up my alley and that was the path that I wanted to take. So do you want to kind of incorporate that, you know, maybe find some sort of like job with an agency that works with athletes possibly and kind of go over contracts and any other legal stuff yeah, like that? I mean, I would love to do that. Like even because getting a law degree doesn't def- doesn't confine you just to be a lawyer. Like you can use a law degree to go be like a sports manager or something like that. Mm-hmm. So like even doing like a high amount of sports contracts would be awesome for me. I mean, right now I'm just focusing on putting in the work up front, getting through my degrees, getting through law school, and then, you know, making connections wherever I can, and then seeing where it takes me. Of course. And then, you know, going, you know, speaking of law school, um, do you have any ones you're thinking of going to, you know, after Westcom? Yeah. So I definitely want to stay local to the Northeast. I mean, I personally love Connecticut, so yeah. I would love to stay in the area. Right now, the front runner for me is UConn Law. Okay. It's down in Hartford. It's not too far. Still be fairly close to home. Either that or Quinnipiac. So those are kind of the two that I'm looking at right now. Um, it's probably going to come down to whoever gives me the most money. Because, uh, yeah. you know, law school is expensive and scholarships are nice. So Yeah. I mean, you know, Quinnipiac being one of the most expensive schools to attend <laughs> in yep, the state. Yep. Um, you know, they, they might be second in that. But... um. Hey, I mean, either way you go, you got great hockey to watch over there. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll, it'll be a good time, especially with uh, UConn's new arena coming yeah. in. So. And then on top of that, you guys played UConn twice this year, right? Yeah, yeah, we got them once at the dump of South <laughs> Windsor and then once at our home rink. But, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, tell us a little bit about South Windsor um, for those who don't know about uh, it. South Windsor is – the best way to describe South Windsor is if you took an old-school hockey rink – and only took the parts that were bad about an old school hockey rink and kept them. Yeah. Like none of the cool vintage parts are there. Like not like a sick wood roof or anything like that. Just like really small locker rooms, really bad boards, like the buildings falling apart. Like when when you say a barn, like that's a barn that's a, and yeah. not in the good way. No. Like the the locker rooms are hallways with the dingy little no lighting shower at the end of the hallway. Like, not a fun place to be. And, you know, what is nice about South, South Windsor, though, I will say, is there's a Ruby Tuesdays <laughs> near South Windsor, and the boys will go out and get dinner after right. the game. But as far as the rink itself, dump. Yeah. Um, before I go back into South Windsor, um, what do you guys get at Ruby Tuesdays? Because, like... I've been to Ruby Tuesdays once when I was like five, and then they just all shut down. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I'm not dissing you guys are going to Ruby Tuesdays. I'm just like, what do you guys get? Well, I'm not like the thing is, you it. gotta. I mean, Ruby Tuesdays, you got the endless salad bar, so you go rip the endless salad bar, or you just get. I mean, I'm a big appetizer sampler guy. Okay. So you know, you get the variety in there, but yeah, it, it's more about going with the team than it is about. Yeah, I was gonna say that about Ruby Tuesdays, Ruby but yeah, Tuesdays. it's a good yeah. time. <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually went up to watch you guys in South Windsor, and I, I agree with you 100%. That place, I don't know how it's still operating and functioning to this day. Like, I mean, you have, like, the old sponsorship ads. Um, then, like, the flags, that's, like, a whole, like, you know. Pre-World just, War II flags. Yeah, mind twister. Like, yeah. literally, like, 
they have a Czechoslovakian flag and a Soviet Union flag just chilling there, like pre nineteen ninety one type yeah. in that place. Like, <laughs> no, it it it's a it's certainly one of the rinks of all time. Yeah, um, I gotta say though, I think I prefer playing there over the ice hutch. Really? I I hate the ice hutch. That's top 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 three worst <laughs> rinks I've ever been in is the ice hutch and. I think it's flushing or yeah, where, yeah. wherever it may yeah, be. Yeah, flushing. Yeah. yeah, hate the ice hutch. So, like, you walk into that rink. It's like a bubble rink. So, they, they got the pressure difference. So, you walk in through, like, these revolving doors. Your ears pop the second you get in there. You look up. First of all, the ice is, like, five feet above the rest of the standing room. So, you're, like, you're eye level with the boards. <laughs> then you look up around the rink. Surrounding the rink are the most random cardboard cutouts of, I guess, pop culture nearby watching it. And that's the only fans <laughs> Columbia will get. It's those cardboard cutouts. So you got... Who, who we got in the stands? Dude, you got Stormtroopers. You got Barack Obama, Spider-Man, maybe Kanye sprinkled in there. Can't forget <laughs> Hillary Clinton. I don't know. It's, it's a bizarre... Con- oh, you got the Wizard of Oz there? <laughs> I don't know. The whole crew? It's, the whole crew. It's an all-star <laughs> lineup. I mean, thank God they didn't have skates because that'd be a that'd be a scary team to play. Oh, my God. But yeah, and then the locker rooms there are worse than South Windsor. It's like you can – I don't know if I would be able to lay down with the amount of space between the walls in that locker room. Like, it's <laughs> – like, I can lay down and touch both walls yeah. of the locker room. It's crazy. That's... And there's no showers in those locker rooms, so you got to walk like half naked across the whole rink with Hillary Clinton looking down on you, <laughs> with her cardboard cutout up there, and you got to find a shower. Half the time you're showering with the the team you just beat. Yeah. Bizarre rink. The Betty White cutout. Of course, yeah. But I mean, you got to have Betty yeah. White up there too. So. <laughs> Making sure everyone's doing what yeah, they are in the of, shower. Of course, of course. Hitting all the spots, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know. That's just so crazy that, like, you even have a rink that can operate like that. You know, that that's just beyond me how that even works. Yeah, I'm. I'm needless to say, I'm glad that's not my home rink because <laughs> that place sucks. Yeah. Um, oh, and you were saying top three. Who was the third one? If South Windsor and I such. Ah, uh, that's tough. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I mean, I have a weird thing though, where like I I tend to like shittier rinks yeah like one of my favorite rinks of all time is a rink down in long island um it's the long beach ice arena the place is like falling apart like they they've literally (laughs) they've literally had to shut down the rink like four or five times because kids got like carbon monoxide poisoning because like the zams run off propane but they don't have like proper ventilation or something sick rink though love it love that rink but if you're willing to get carbon monoxide poisoning sick rink dude i mean (laughs) It's it's right on the water. I mean, but I also grew up playing there, so it's yeah. No, so obviously you know, it's a special yeah. place in my heart. But yeah, I don't know if I have a three. It's just the ice hutch and uh, just ice okay. hutch and South Winds are fighting for it. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, yeah. you know, and speaking of that, um, you know, at the time this is being recorded, this is kind of trending. You see that rink that's like has the stairs to drop down. Yeah, dude, that's wild. Dude, it's like somewhere like near Saskatchewan it's like in this town of like a few hundred to like a thousand people it's not a lot of people 
um like really old school and they're like that's the only way you can get down is that and then it's like a pulley system you see my question is how do they get the zam on the ice they do the hand zam really they don't yeah they don't have actual zambonis they do like the by hand way with like the heated all the ice is probably terrible there apparently it's like a really good place to be but it's i guess right now they're like relying on fundraisers and stuff to keep going i'd imagine i mean you but, can't you probably can't have a game there like I, no i even in like the photos like parts of it like pitted really a little bit like <laughs> this will be a, a little example like um like motocross when that happens um <sighs> a little afterward you can see some little darker gray spots amongst the the white ice there yeah no that's you're giving me PTSD with this motocross on yeah, ice talk. Yeah, as a member of Ice Crew at the Danbury Ice Arena, um, what's it like working those motocross games? Those are – that's an absolute gong show. Like, there's not one single event that can ruin ice faster than some fat dudes on motorcycles ripping corners for no reason. Like, yeah, my opinion, pointless event, but it destroys the ice. Like – doesn't matter how much ice you have there you're still hitting concrete just ruined no no it it's a bizarre event um i remember last year working it that that first night went till about 12 in the morning about like 10 people stood behind but towards like 10 11 everyone just started clearing that place out but that wasn't even like an ice issue that was a co2 issue yeah i mean because it's <laughs> tough like hockey rinks aren't made to have motorcycles ripping around for yeah. four straight hours in them. I mean, like, the ventilation's made for a Zamboni to go around once an hour. Like, yeah. And then, you know, that I think the best way they tried to do that, did, did they even open up, like, that other garage that they have, like, the other door? Yeah, so we opened up the other garage door. Um, there was fans pumping the air out of the building the whole time, but, you know, not much you can do with that much. I mean, you got, what, six motorcycles going at once? Yeah, it's... It's a lot. Um, I will say, though, um, one high, well, low light for the guy, but highlight in general that we, I think we could both kind of agree on that the guy broke his leg. That was pretty intense. That was wild. I mean, because it happened right at the Zam doors, and that's where, obviously, being part of the Zam staff, we were standing, like, watching the event. Yeah. So, guy comes flying in the corner, loses, I want to say his edge, but he's not skating, so he's just... He loses traction under his tires. Yeah. He's got well over a 1,000-pound bike come hurling at him because these bikes are huge for the ice racing and just crashes into the board, legs snapped, had the most, like, jerry-rigged, like, splint put on him. I think they used, like, two broken hockey sticks to splint his leg before. <laughs> such a – such an – explanatory moment for that event like that really sums up what that event is yeah good for what it's all about yeah um which by the way um that's returning so if that's something that piques your interest um you could do a little more research online but of course i'm not telling you to go i'm just saying that kind of piques you go for it P please show up to the event because it's it's if you don't show <laughs> well, up it's well, really... well we're commercial free we can't tell people to show up we could tell them to we can suggest that they show up well i suggest you show up so my uh my work on the ice is not pointless there you go <laughs> if anything help help support help support local local ranks and you know 
help an ice crew man out. That's that's the main goal. Um, you know, before we kind of wrap up here, we always like to ask favorite NHL team. I'm a big Rangers guy. Yeah, I mean, tried and true. You know, even though I grew up in Long Island, I'm Rangers guy first. You know, so crazy. Grew up in Connecticut, Islanders guy all the way. You see, that's that's even more backwards. <laughs> I mean, I know I know you got the Bridgeport connection, but yeah. why not Hartford? If you're gonna pick a an NHL team based off of Connecticut, why not pick like a good organization? Well, loose. Um, like again, though, like you know, the field trips I would go on for those games, they were to Bridgeport games, and then if my family was taking me to a game, it was in Bridgeport. I mean, you know, my mom from Bridgeport originally. Um, you know, my grandmother also lives there, so. There's also that bit of that family connection there. Um, but, you know, and just like I just went to a Hartford game recently with a buddy of mine and we saw them play against Bridgeport. Absolute amazing time. <laughs> Bridgeport beat them 6-2 in front of like 200 people, including us. It was great. <laughs> um, we were behind like where the Rangers shoot twice or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> or was yeah yeah where they shoot twice so we um we got to watch that unfold we were like the only two sound tigers fans in that section so like literally after a goal it'd just be me alone just <laughs> and that was it and people were like oh, what the hell and it was just like silent in there like it was like five nothing at one point that's that's brutal dude and you know, also working for Bridgeport too. I had to send it to like my supervisor, like my whole production team. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "We're infiltrating the building right now," <laughs> and you know, immediately that was met with some comments of their attendance is just as bad as ours on a weeknight. Because I don't know, like, not to shame anyone, it's just like the weeknight games they they just don't they don't sell that well. But that that's I like mean, a given yeah. though, because like the main demographic for some of those games is children. A yeah, lot you're of not children bring a kid on a school night to like a Wednesday night. Yeah, a seven yeah. o'clock game. You know, it's that ain't gonna work. Yeah, that's tough. Um, but again, it, it was a fun experience. Obviously, um, we did chuck a puck, but that was probably the worst decision to make ever. And it's funny though, because they do it at the same time the pro team does it. They do it in the second intermission, and it works. Really. Yeah. Well, they 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 do it a little differently though, because they got those giant PVC things to pick up the pucks with. Yeah, and then on top of the oh, that's what I'm trying to get us to build. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like they just do it onto a target. So yeah, it's, it's not like, like they have a hat, but like, yeah, a, like a, I get why the I get why the the pro team in Danbury does it with the hat. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. makes it easier. Um, but yeah, it was weird because we were behind netting, so we had to race over to the middle section, just kind of chuck <laughs> stuff over. We bought like a bunch. We had like still like five left over because we spent like 30 seconds getting there and yeah, you had like yeah. 60 seconds to throw. <laughs> My last throw, I actually just like threw it on and I guess I made the target because two people were like, oh my god, you made the target. I was like, oh cool. I didn't make anywhere close to winning but I was oh, like... Oh, but you like got it on the That platform. was like a sick throw, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had at least two throws where I like tried to give a lot of power in it but I put too much and I let go too late because then it just <laughs> went right down below and hit two people. <laughs> That's... <laughs> it's... It's got to count for something. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, um, yep. You know, get the extra points at the headshot there. But, <laughs> um, you know, wrap things up. Uh, what do you want to say to the fans, you know, entering the last few few weekends or at least by the time this goes up, the, the last home weekend? I mean, I got to say that the future is bright for Westcon hockey. I mean, we got 
a phenomenal group of guys in this locker room right now. I, there's not a single bad apple. I mean, I've been on a good amount of hockey teams, and I can definitively say this is the best group of guys that I've ever been a part of. I mean, top to bottom on the roster, not only do we have a tremendous amount of skill and every guy is willing to put it, everything on the line day in and day out, like the effort on the team is unreal, but it's also just the guys we have. Like we have a phenomenal group of guys. Like I said, not a single bad apple. Like some of my best friends that I'll ever have, and that chemistry starting to show on the ice with the the sweep last weekend. I mean, I can see us sweeping out the rest of the season too with the way we've been playing, and then next year it comes with basically the same group. I mean, we're about to put the Met on notice. So yeah, I mean. Maybe I'll be a part of that group. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Got to get you on some uh, some sessions here. Get you out to yeah. some practices. See how I do. But, um, yeah, again, Mason, thank you for coming on. Um, best of luck to the boys going into this weekend. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I don't know if we'll need it, but we'll fucking use it. Oh, yeah, It'll for sure. It'll be a good time. Let's go. This is Tommy T-Bone Pompicello, Danbury Trasher legend. You're listening to Hat Trick City Radio on 91.7 WXCI. And always remember, hockey's a hell of a drug. We're rolling. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Patty Cake, joined by DJ Uncle Matt here in the studio. Today we got another very special guest for you, the one and only Justin Schmidt of the Columbus River Dragons. Justin, how are we doing today? Excellent. It was a bit of a bit of a stretch getting up here from Columbus, but it's... Uh, it's good, ready to go tonight. You awesome. said it took maybe twenty four hours to get up here. Huh? Yeah, it was it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a haul. We got on the bus at about noon yesterday morning. We skated in the morning and then um yeah, I got on the bus and and away we went and yeah, we got up here right around noon this morning. So it was it was a long haul for sure. I wasn't expecting it to be as cold as it was when I got up here, but yeah, we haven't had the snow that everybody was looking for this year at all. There's really been none. It's just uh, this is probably the first really cold day yeah. in a while. So you walked right into the cold and the Arctic blast here. <laughs> uh, Justin, not only are you a big part of the you know Federal League as one of the most recognizable players, really, but you're also part of the Ice Wars thing that AJ Galante started. Why don't you tell our audience just a little bit about how you got involved with that and what you think of the the kind of the setup they have? Um, yeah, it was well last year. Last year when we were up here, AJ and I spoke of it a little bit, you know, and I told him, you know, he kind of, you know, kind of laid out what he was, you know, his vision, and then I told him, you know, like, you know, any, you know, however I can be a part of it, you know in any way whether i whether i'm competing on it or you know from you know as a judge or however i can be a part of it let me know and i actually had no i had no intentions of going back to canada last summer i was going to stay in the south and then you know just you know kind of circumstances whitey and i just went home went back to went back to alberta we were just gonna go back for a month and then they were putting on the second show there and I called AJ and I was like, Hey, is there any chance you can pencil me in? Like <laughs> I'm gonna be here. And he's like, Yeah, absolutely, man. I'd love to have you on the show or on the on the card and so I trained really hard and just got got dialed in and was, you know, fortunate enough to to, to win it. So yeah. Take us through a little bit, because I don't know if all the fans actually know, but you actually came out of junior hockey i guess years ago and then 
you played in the SPHL and the old Central League for a while, and then you went back to Canada and, and played some senior hockey up there. What made you kind of like get reinvolved with playing pro hockey here in the Federal League? Um, I was actually I was actually down I was back I was living in Huntsville. Actually, I was I was rodeoing down south. So I do in the summertime, and I was actually staying with with Mike DeGurst, my old captain in Huntsville. And Beesh Beesh called, and he said, "You know, we are you down south?" And I said, "Yeah, like I don't have my hockey equipment or anything. I hadn't hadn't really played with the COVID year. I hadn't played senior at all. Um, I just rodeoed full time." And Beesh called and said, "You know, are you, are you interested in you know maybe trying to earn a spot here? Like we need a guy." you know that can can fill the fill the tough guy role and i went down and i think i had you know 26 or 27 majors last year so it worked worked out pretty good for me and i kind of found a home in in um in columbus and i just you know i'm just enjoying every day i can down there tell us a little bit about uh the last couple of months you guys have been in first place what what's making you guys so so good in that continental division um you know we've had success i did i mean obviously columbus is the is the spot to play in the south um you know just a good organization great city so i mean we're obviously going to get you know the pick of the litter for guys um at this level um we've had pretty pretty outstanding goaltending and i mean we've had we've had you know the majority of our scorings came from came from young guys you know and and it's you know, in a lot of a lot of places, you know, like you know, like Petro and Dozer. Last year, you know, they were putting up big numbers, and this year they've had to fall back into a little bit more of a defensive role. But I mean, they've embraced it, and I mean, I think that just speaks, you know, so highly of their leadership. So I mean, we got you know young guys that are putting up the putting up offensive numbers, and we got you know great leadership from from the top down. I mean, great defense. It's just you know we've been, like I said, it, it you know it. Anytime a good or anytime an organization has success, I feel, you know, it comes right from from management down to you know down to the the people working behind the scenes as far as you know your equipment guys and stuff. And I mean, Columbus has just been first class all the way for me. You know, you uh, last year when you came in, you had some good moments on the ice here against Danbury, and you also looked like you were having a good time on the nights you were off <laughs> off uh, here in Danbury. But what I wanted to ask you is a guy who's played professionally in the u.s and uh, obviously extensive senior hockey career in canada what what's your kind of impression of danbury when you came in what what vibe did you get when when you were on the ice here at the at the arena um you know the the fans are definitely they're definitely very passionate here which i which i really appreciate and i think you know they're, they they like to get they like to be pretty involved for myself i'm i like to go out and interact with people and meet people so i mean i think you know the first the first night the first night we were here I was getting it a little bit from the fans and then <laughs> you know once they they all got to know me afterwards and we you know we played here we played here three times on the road during the regular season then we were back up here in the playoffs and I was I was healthy scratched and you know I I, I definitely met some some interesting people so I think I mean I know they're I know they're obviously they're obviously um, their hometown. You know, they're they're going to cheer for their hometown team. But, but I think the fans here, uh, now that they know me on a little more personal level, I think they, I think they're going to go a little easier on me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely have some fans. We always get a few like Justin Schmidt is the man posts well, whenever you come <laughs> to town. Well, what I wanted to ask you though is uh, the the season, the season ended up where you guys 
uh, went to the finals. And one story I, I, I don't know if I've shared it on the show before, but I was I remember the morning that you guys got here, and you were preparing uh, to play against Danbury. And I remember coming into the skate, and I remember seeing uh, beat who you've been calling beat Jerome Bouchard, Bouchard, uh, the head coach of the Columbus River Dragons, and he was kind of working out with the guys on the ice a little bit. And then after the practice, I remember, I don't know why this stuck with me for so long, but I remember seeing him drag all of the team sticks from one rink into the locker room himself. And I said, these guys are on a mission right now. For whatever reason, that just made me feel like, wow, the coach here is coming up here, just got off a bus, he's invested enough to be the guy dragging the equipment in the other room himself. Uh-oh. Take us through kind of what happened there at the end of the season that, you know, you guys fell short of the, the championship against Watertown. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could have went, could have went either way. Watertown was, was a pretty, pretty solid team, right? You know, right from, from their top down to, um, we snuck, we, we snuck out a win at home in game one and then we flew up to Watertown and I think we were within, you know, I think it was in a lot. I think we, we were up one, nothing going into the third in game two and we were close and they got a penalty shot and tied it up and that was like the turning point of the whole series and then I think they ended up winning game two 4-1 and then game three Ozo and I were both we were both healthied and we were standing in the tunnel kind of we were standing in the tunnel um you know between the two benches and it was going into overtime it was one 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 or two two and uh, some some fan dumped a beer on Ozo's head. Oh my goodness! Ozo's like the like the most gentle, like nice in Watertown. In Watertown, yeah. Ozo's like Jesus. the kindest, most gentle soul you'll ever meet. Veteran in the league too. Yeah. Been around a long time. And and he's like Schmidt. Somebody just dumped a beer on me, and I turned around, and some little puke was smiling at me. So I like climbed in the stands. I'm going after this guy. <laughs> So then security like <laughs> hauls me out of the stands and drags me down and I you know kind of got into it with the security guard a little bit for not doing his job. So then me and Ozo ended up having to we didn't even get to watch the overtime because we were we had security caging us in the dressing room for <laughs> the two overtime the two overtime periods and then Kinger Kinger scored scored the winner on us and it's kind of kind of ironic that he's he's you know probably the backbone of our of our team right now yeah so it's kind of ironic how that worked out but yeah it was it was definitely a heartbreaker it was a long long bus ride back to back to columbus but you know it's the new year and see how she goes was that the first time you played for a pro championship or Mm -hmm. uh, wow a high junior championship i never in junior i in junior in junior, I was on the in my 19-year-old year. I was in Kindersley, and I was we were on the we were the number one team in the nation going into playoffs. We only lost maybe half a dozen games in the regular season, and we got swept four straight by Battleford in the first round. Wow! And then my 20-year-old year, I didn't I didn't finish the season. I went to I ended up going uh, to the United League in Elmira. Wow! And then. Um, and then yeah, in the minors, I've always been on 500 teams. Senior hockey, lost a few provincial championships, but yeah, that last year was as close as I've ever came to to winning a championship at any level. Tell us a little bit about just uh, for the audience to how to 
How does that organization treat the players down there in Columbus? Yeah, unreal, out of this world. Like you know, the you know our owners, our owners, um, the groups treat us, you know, first class. Our, you know, our, our housing situations out of this world. Like my my girlfriend, she moved down from Canada. She lives with me. We live, we actually live in in Phoenix City, Alabama. Um, and there's you know some young guys, some young guys living at the house with us, and then the. A few of the older guys have a place um, in Phoenix City, and then they got a bit like a you know a, a ten bedroom house where you know a bunch of there's you know like three kitchens kind of thing. I think it, I don't know if it was like a halfway house or what before. It's really it's really done up really nice. Um, but they got a big place, and then yeah, there's maybe a couple guys that live in apartments. But it's yeah, like the housing situation is great. Columbus has all has had hockey for. You know, 30 longer. years maybe yeah. so i mean yeah. the town definitely embraces hockey there like it's you know it's it's quite a way south and it's definitely a spectator sport but you know the fans really you know we're pretty we're very well known and we're very active in the community and stuff you know and it's not really like a hockey hotbed so they think we're they think we're pretty you know they think we're one step down from the nhl i think <laughs> <laughs> that's a good it's always a good yeah. thing right when they don't know any better you know, I, I remember hearing um, stories and different things that I read over the years about hockey in the South, like in the 90s when it started to boom again. People would leave after the second period because they thought it was a first and second half game, like football. <laughs> like so, like they, they didn't really know, like, like college basketball or football, right, where you leave after the second half. Uh, Justin, just one thing that uh, you and I spoke about when we, when we interviewed previously was – you are involved with this rodeo stuff, and 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 essentially over the last few years, you have kind of been living down south even before you got with the River Dragons, right? Yeah. Could you take the audience through your, your involvement with it? Um, I I you know I I grew up around rodeo back home, um, and like when you know when I was a kid, hockey wasn't. I mean, I was I obviously played hockey, but it wasn't you know my number one. I was you know I always wanted to be a cowboy. You know, I grew up in a cowboy family and. Wanted to rodeo and I, you know, I tried tried riding bulls, tried riding tried riding bucking horses, and I was just too big and wasn't very good at it. And and I started started fighting bull fighting bulls, just doing cowboy protection. Um, and I had some had some success at it. And then I started I started uh, freestyling like Mexican fighting bulls, which is you know it's it's kind of an own, its own event within itself and. You know, did did pretty well in Canada, and you know wanted to go to the next level. And I, you know, got on with the, with the UBF, which is the Ultimate Bullfighters. Wow. Um, which was definitely a, it was an eye opener. My first my first couple shows, I got busted up pretty good. They're, Come on. The, yeah, the, the 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 animals are definitely you know down here down south. They're definitely next level. I mean, you got to think in Canada, they only have you know they only have really a few months of of time where they can really compete and develop because it's cold out right so the you know most of the bulls that that do end up most of the fighting mexican fighting bulls that end up north of the border are um you know kind of the washed up ones from down here and you know you come down come down south and you know in texas oklahoma arkansas florida like the the stock is out of this world it's next level it'd be comparable to being a kid going from you know from major junior right into the nhl you know it was it was an eye-opener for sure i took some i definitely took some savage beatings for a while <laughs> before i got before my feet caught up to my brain <laughs> D 
did you is there like a, a circuit where you're still active on that you're still doing this stuff yeah i i um i fought right up until the season i fought fought in the ubf i went from like i think the one the one weekend i started in kalispell montana one or in yeah i was in kalispell on a friday salt lake city saturday morning or afternoon i got on an airplane in salt lake city flew to flew to san francisco joe rented a car drove from san francisco to monterey california fought bulls in monterey and got completely wiped out like stepped on broken ribs broken foot and then packed myself back in got on an airplane and flew to el paso huh fought in El Paso the next day took another savage beating <laughs> and then I think I finished that run in like in Nashville ended up down in Louisiana and then the season was kind of ending and I had to get back over to back over to Columbus and I think I had like two weeks to heal up before training camp or something between bullfighting hockey fighting you also did um some mixed martial arts what how long did you train in that um, as a kid, like I grew up boxing right from the time I was a little kid. Um, so I was always, you know, I was, uh, I, I never took it, you know, it was never my number one, you know, before between hockey and rodeo boxing was kind of just like something I did to stay in shape and, and I, you know, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, I didn't take it too seriously. And then when I retired from playing pro in 2012, I guess it would have been, um, I opened a, I opened a boxing gym back home and then I was playing senior and, and training boxers and, and I think, you know, I was, I was probably trying to pay my bills too, cause <laughs> running, running a gym isn't, isn't the easiest, isn't the easiest undertaking. And I was, you know, fighting sometimes six times a year. Um, but it, like, as far as, as far as combat sports goes, it was never my number one passion. It just something I kind of fell into and I, you know, I was fortunate enough to have some success at. I mean, I, there's some fights I probably shouldn't have taken, but I, you know, there was times when I had to keep the lights on in my business and stuff, and had to fly to Montreal to take a, you know, I fight a fight an up and coming, you know, guy that ended up becoming a world champion. So, wow. Sometimes it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a cutthroat business, the same as anything. But it, yeah, like, it was never, never something I was hugely passionate about. I just, you know, ended up falling into it. And, um, you know, on the way here, uh, we were talking a little bit in the car, and you you mentioned um, another Danbury connection you had with uh, with Coach McCreary. You mm -hmm. guys played in Huntsville. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, Bill, yeah, Billy and I played together for, for Billy came in, Billy came in, he's a couple years older than me, but I think my second year, because I, I, I played pro, like Billy played college hockey. I went right from junior to the minors. Mm -hmm. um, so I think my second year was Billy's was Billy's first year and we just you know we hit it off right away and he actually I think I was living I was living we all we all had we all had apartments like very close together and I think he was Billy was living with uh Billy was living with Nikki Niedert wow and I was living with Dan Buccella who actually just passed away he, Bucky was one of my best buddies actually um and yeah so we were all pretty young you know we were all young guys at the time and I think uh yeah we we definitely had we definitely had some had some great times in that in that city and I mean, you know I think Billy won a championship there. I I don't know if Nikki did, but I think Bucky won Bucky won a few in Pensacola and and Nikki or and uh, Billy won one for sure with Huntsville. Um, but yeah, he's just a great 
great human being and i mean it's always it's always exciting when i get to come here or, or danbury comes down to columbus because it's you know it doesn't matter how doesn't matter how many years you know have gone by when you you know when you share that experience with somebody you're still it's like you know it's like you pick yeah. up right where you left off it doesn't matter if it's 20 years down the road you know exactly one thing i wanted to ask you was you know you broke in in 2006 and uh you know i just wanted you know in those 17 years obviously you went back to canada for a time but it's it's kind of stuff you and i have talked about before what do you think of the level of toughness in hockey now on the on these levels oh it's it's night and day compared to when 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 i cracked in i mean now you're looking down the bench at another team and there might might be two guys perhaps you know that that you that you could go and back in them days everybody fought and every you know every team had every team had three or four heavyweights that you know you really had to have your ducks in a row if you were going to fight them um but every single guy would fight or you know like every you know like your heavyweights had 40 and 50 majors a year and you know like it was nothing for a for one of your first or second line centers to have 20 majors you know it was it was just it was it was different and hockey's gone away from from that for better for worse i don't really have an opinion on it um you know i think the, the speed of the game is is night and day as well so i mean you know there there's not as many you know it's became less of a blue collar game i think than it was 20 years ago and like i said for better or for worse but yeah it's definitely definitely different it's definitely changed and i think you know the one thing i noticed is is the respect factor now you know like back in the day we all respected each other and i think that came from having having as many tough guys in the lineup you know whereas now guys will go guys will go out and do do dirty things and there's no repercussions for it you know like you can if it's a if it's a 9-1 game back in the day if it was a 9-1 game you know you know fists were gonna fly whereas now you can blow a team out and it, it doesn't really matter you know and and then you know especially in blowouts i think that's when sticks start swinging and stuff whereas back in the day you know the game was the game was policed by by the players more than more than it is now do you feel like when the when the fight does go down in the game have you have you yourself felt at times that that it has given the boys that boost that they talk about and that 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 adrenaline oh 100% i can look at hundreds of times in my career where a fight was you know when a fight wasn't you know wasn't even used um wasn't used to to pay for to pay for a certain player a certain action it was just um you know sometimes it would just be as much as getting the crowd into it a little bit you know and just bring some excitement into the arena or you know you're even if the game was starting to get a little bit a little bit out of hand or chippy two tough guys could go out and settle it and the game would settle itself down whereas you know it's definitely it's definitely becoming less and less um you definitely don't see it as much at the higher level not i don't to be honest with you guys i haven't watched um i haven't watched nhl hockey in 15 years but <laughs> but um you know at our level like you know there are there are still a, a handful of tough guys left and and i think we can you know we can still we can still control the momentum of the game a little bit with our fists they like said it's not as much and it's definitely dying but 
but um, there's still a few of us left still clinging to those last straws. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, you know, when we came down to Columbus, obviously it was going to be a heated matchup between you and Aceberry. Kind of take us through, you know, your relationship with him kind of off the ice and maybe how those fights kind of went down. Um, th- well, there's so much, you know, like a- Amesy and I, Amesy and I have always kind of, we've always just missed each other in our career. You know, we've always just, you know, he'd be, he'd be, you know, in Columbus and then next year, you know, I'd be back in the Southern league and he'd be in the central league or he'd be in the central league and I'd be in the Southern league. And it, we just always kind of missed each other in those times um we obviously knew knew of each other um and then with ice wars you know him him winning the winning the heavyweight belt or the heavyweight crown and then you know myself coming in and winning the winning the cruiserweight crown we've definitely developed a a relationship you know just through through the through the ice wars organization and stuff so then when he signed in danbury you know knowing that you know Danbury's probably going to be a contender in the north. We're going to be a contender in the south. There was already there was a little bit of a storyline being built or written towards that, and then um, and then uh, you know with the you know with 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 ice wars and him coming into town. There's you know there was a ton of media attention and a ton of hype being built up to that. And you know they I think they wanted us to they wanted people to believe that there's some serious animosity between us, but, you know, Amesy and I are, you know, we're just two guys doing a job. And I mean, on the ice or on the ice where, you know, there's, there's obviously going to be no, no prisoners taken, but off the ice, you know, we're, you know, I, I talked to him, I talked to him on the phone a couple times a week still, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was the, the hype surrounding it like all week, you know, I was definitely, you know, building up to it. And, and he was, he was fortunate to, to win both those both the scraps we did have um you know but you know we we we, uh, we won uh i think they won in they won in a shootout on the friday night and then we won we we shut them out on saturday night so i mean you can take it however you want it but you know we i think we still kind of won that won that match up as far as you know being being able to win on the scoreboard and then i wanted to ask you for ice wars i asked amesbury about this too um was there a bit of like a learning curve getting used to that synthetic ice? Yeah, it was, I, I had, I mean, I'd skated on it maybe a half a dozen times in my life growing up. Um, so when we got up there, we got up there a few days beforehand and I spent as much time as I could skating on it and just trying to figure it out. And it, it was, it was, um, it was definitely unique. I think, uh, I think you definitely like get more behind your punches, like being able to push off of that plastic. Like I mean, if your skates yeah, right? are sharp, yeah. they can they can dig in pretty good. Like you definitely there was you could get a lot more behind your punches. Um, but I think you know the the your balance on that was it was like for the guys for the guys coming in that you know there were some guys I didn't even see out there pra- like practicing on it. And like I said, me and Amesy spent as much time as we possibly could on that ice leading up to the fights just trying to get get our get our you know boots adjusted to it tell me a little bit about uh do you think you're going to be in it for the long run are you going to come come back to ice wars when you get the chance yeah absolutely i you know i i made i made a commitment to 
to AJ and and Charlie and and you know you know everybody within Ice Wars. I'm you know I'm I'm in it for the long haul. And I mean, obviously, if you're if you're a champion, I don't think you're a true champion until you defend your until you defend your title at least once. Um, how many more fights I have in it? I I don't know. I mean, I I obviously want to I obviously want to defend it as many times as I can. Um, and and I but I mean. Yeah, as long as it's as long as it's you know the the organization and the family and the you know the sports growing, I want to be be a part of it. You know, I mean, I can only I can only be in there competing for so long, but but I want to be you know I'm definitely in it for the long haul. All right, well, Justin, thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you this weekend. Even though you know, I think we'll we'll get the best of you. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh you got you caught me there. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Hattrick City weekend schedule here on WXCI Danbury. Starting in college hockey at Quinnipiac, the men's team is on the road facing Clarkson on Friday, February 10th and against St. Lawrence on Saturday, February 11th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bobcats are at home for the last time in the regular season, facing off against RPI on Friday, February 10th for a 6 p.m. puck drop and then against Union on Saturday, February 11th for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At UConn, the men's team face off against UNH on the road on Friday, February 10th for a 7 p.m. puck drop and Saturday, February 11th for a 4 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Huskies are at home against Holy Cross on Saturday, February 11th for a 3 p.m. puck drop. At Sacred Heart, the men's team are at home to face off against Air Force in a weekend series on Friday, February 10th and Saturday, February 11th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Pioneers face LIU at home on Friday, February 10th for a 2 p.m. puck drop and then on the road against LIU on Saturday, February 11th for a 7 p.m. puck drop. At Yale, the men's team will be on the road for the weekend, starting with a Friday, February 10th contest against Union, as well as a Saturday, February 11th contest against RPI. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. In women's hockey, the Bulldogs are on the road for a matchup against Colgate on Friday, February 10th, and a matchup against Cornell on Saturday, February 11th, with both games set for a 3 p.m. puck drop. In pro hockey, the Danbury Hattricks are on the road for a three-game series against Watertown on Thursday, February 9th, with a 7 p.m. puck drop, then on Friday, February 10th, and Saturday, February 11th, with both games set for a 7.30 p.m. puck drop. The Bridgeport Islanders face Lehigh Valley on the road on Saturday, February 11th, with a 7.05 p.m. puck drop. The Hartford Wolfpack are at home as they face Lehigh Valley on Friday, February 10th, followed by a contest in Hershey on Saturday, February 11th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. The New York Islanders are on the road against Montreal on Saturday, February 11th with a 12.30 p.m. puck drop. The New Jersey Devils are on the road against Minnesota on Saturday, February 11th, which is set for an 8 p.m. puck drop. And the New York Rangers host Seattle on Friday, February 10th, and then on the road against Carolina on February 11th. Both games are set for a 7 p.m. puck drop. And that will conclude this week's Hattrick City Weekend Schedule. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hattrick City. I'm your host, DJ Pattycake, as always, joined by DJ Uncle Matt. Today in the studio, we got the one and only Johnny McDonald of the Danbury Hattricks. Johnny, how are we doing today? Hey, amazing. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Johnny, it's been, you know, you, you came into Danbury uh, to start the 2021 season. You had only played a, basically a year of junior hockey, right? Yep, yeah, take one us, year. Take us through, like, how you initially came to town here because uh, you've been here a while. 
Yeah, so uh, pretty much how it started, you know, played growing up in Pittsburgh. Um, then, you know, juniors rolled around, and uh, I had my options and stuff. Um, I, I wanted to stay a little closer to home. Had a couple Canada offers, and just being a young kid, I was like, you know, let's try to stay closer to home and see what we can do. So I ended up uh, going down to Maryland um, with the EHL team. Uh, so I played there. Um, I had, you know, practiced up in the Tier 2 with the Null team. Uh, Is that like in the Baltimore area team, Maryland? Baltimore area, right by Arundel Mills, uh, kind of in Odenton, Maryland. Yep. Um, very nice area. Uh, you know, had a good time down there. Um, produced pretty well. The team was great down there. I actually uh, I played with Tristan Mock down there. Wow. Um, so that's how I met him. And then... Uh, so it was around the end of the year. I want to say like March playoffs came and uh, we had one game one and then game two comes and, uh, you know, we're up. I think it was two nothing, three nothing. You know, boys are on their high horse and we end up, you know, losing the game. Wow. And uh, so after we lost the game, we're in the locker room and uh uh we were just like you know what you know what do we do like how do we do this and uh, it was an elimination game so like all the boys are looking at each other you know tears falling from the eyes and then uh we ended up you know an hour later get a phone call you know season's canceled covid hit wow and uh you know so then we're all kind of like okay like it's not as bad as it seems like covid you know covid's the champions this that so uh that was kind of my first taste of like okay like you know COVID's happening what's gonna go on now so I remember we just packed up and I was living with the kid from the Netherlands and he was scared <laughs> that he wasn't gonna be able to fly home and stuff uh so we packed up and I went home back to Pittsburgh um I pretty much just started working in my family business um you know I I didn't know if I what was gonna happen with juniors because I had an offer to go play in the uh Ontario Junior Hockey League in Canada but no season happened, the COVID season. So then Canada was ruled out and it was like, okay, like, do I want to go back down to Maryland? And like, you know, I, I had, I hadn't had the best time experience down there towards the beginning of the year, just with like the billet housing I was living in was kind of rough and stuff. Um, so then, you know, I really just started working and, uh, kind of, you know, kind of thought the hockey was done. Um, and that was kind of it. I just started working for the next year and a half, really, it was. Um, and then, yeah, ironically, there's a couple guys I knew in Pittsburgh, uh, Sebastian Ragno, who is actually a scout for us now. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, We had talked before uh, about my game and stuff, and he actually used to be a fed coach for Menor Icebreakers when they were in the league. And uh, so then I remember... I was on the job site one day, like it was you know, 10 a.m. in the morning, freezing cold, and you know I'm just like, well, you know, not like what am I doing, but you know I want to do something new. And ironically, Billy calls me and uh, you know, hey, it's Billy McCreary with the hat tricks. Uh, you know, have you uh, have you played or where, where you played before? Like we're looking for a defenseman this week. He's like, have you been skating and stuff? And I lied to him. I was like, yeah, like. Like, I've been skating. Like, I've been staying in shape, but really, like, I hadn't been on the ice in a while. Oh. 
<laughs> so uh so that day i um bold move oh yeah so uh that day you know i made the decision i was like you know what like what do i got to lose here um so i ended up packing my stuff uh went to a stick time skated next day drove up to danbury had my first practice and then uh was in the lineup for my first games wow yeah so so just to backtrack kind of a bit was there no path to college hockey for you or um i mean i never never really ruled out college i just think like with my upbringing i was kind of like you know we do have a family business back home um so i knew i had that to fall back on uh and i think just for me like i did you know i thought about college hockey and uh i remember like i i toured stevenson college um couple other colleges my first year of juniors um but uh, you know ultimately it was kind of just COVID like it just kind of messed with everyone and I was you know I never really thought about it again it just started working and it was just kind of like you know I never really thought about college I guess you could say yeah interesting I mean just just for the fact that you figure it'd be a, a an experience to play college hockey right. but you you got to this level without doing mm-hmm. it uh take us through those first couple of weeks where you really hadn't skated and now you're a professional hockey player yeah i mean you know i was i nervous absolutely but then again i was also like in the back of my head i what, like 21 year old like what do i got to lose like i get sent home go back to my normal job like sure um i uh and i remember the first the first uh game i had i had an assist and then the next game i had i actually scored my first goal and um Steve Mealy was the one to pass it to me. So uh, that was pretty cool. He's actually been a big big help to uh, why I got to Roanoke and stuff. He, um, big mentor to me, too, him and Tom. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the first couple of weeks, it was I came up here for, uh, for the first two games versus Delaware, I remember. And then um, I had to go back home for something. I think I, uh, I, think I had, like, a traffic ticket I had to, <laughs> to do. Um, and uh yeah so then i came back up here and moved in full time yeah um and then of course you mentioned the mealies um you know how was it you know meeting them for the first time and how they kind of take you under their wing yeah so like the first couple or the first two games i was up here i remember like after the game i was packing my bag because i had to go back home to deal with some stuff and uh like oh like where are you going like you're not staying i was like oh like just gotta go home and so that was kind of the first like okay like maybe i can play here um and then when I came back up here, you know, Steve and Tom were great. Uh, they're also into real estate as well, and that's something that I, uh, I'm working on, too. That's what I want to do when I get older, real estate. So we bonded over that a lot um, and just honestly just learned a lot from them. Um, they didn't, you know, obviously they're older now and they're, they did their time, you know, played at very high levels and stuff. So when you come into a room like that and you're able to see them, you know, and talk to them and you just kind of try to pick their brain a little bit, um, so yeah, that was great. And then with, uh, with Roanoke, actually, um, Steve was the captain down there for a couple years. Oh, okay. And, um, it was, uh, this year that he t- actually uh, shot me a text and, uh, was like, Hey man, like, you know, would you, m- you take an opportunity to go play in Roanoke? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I owe it to him for helping me get down there. Wow. That's cool. That's yeah. cool to hear actually. Um, you know, it looked like over the summer that you did spend a lot of time skating and it did, Look like you spent a lot of time working on your game, and mm-hmm. I guess 
um, it's a little, you know, it makes a little more sense now because you kind of just jumped into the whole pro thing after working a steady job. Right. So would you, why don't you go through what actually you did, who you worked with? Yeah. So, um, you know, growing, growing up, I, I wouldn't say I was the biggest gym guy. Uh, you know, I, I did my stuff off the ice, but, um, so then, you know, first year pro, you know, you're coming into the summer and you're like, okay, so like, you know, you're coming off a pretty good year. Like what, what do you want to do now? And, um, ultimately it was, you know, I want to play at the highest level. So, uh, in order to get to the highest level, I knew I had to take this off season really seriously. Um, so, uh, back in Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh's a great place to train and stuff. Um, and ultimately I ended up reconnecting with a former, um, coach who coached against me and coached with me, uh, Cy Bishop back in Pittsburgh. Um, he has this gym down there, uh, the SCB training room. And, uh, you know, he reached out to me and he was like, look, man, like, I want to take you under my wing. He's like, you have something special, you know, and, uh, you know, let's work with this. So, um, a lot of my former, or a lot of my, uh, good buddies down there, they all train with him too. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, Cy Bishop and Matt Doman. I, uh, I owe my off season to them because they put me into shape. They, uh, they worked me really hard. I was in the gym every single day on the ice, almost every day. Um, and, uh, you know, he's produced a lot of good players too. Um, so yeah, I, I owe a lot to him for, for getting me ready for this season and to where I'm at today, honestly. Speak a little bit about starting um, in camp with the SPHL, mm -hmm. and then you got called up later uh, to Roanoke and right. the experience you gained there. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just being a young guy going into a camp, uh, you know, like Huntsville, um, getting down to Huntsville, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Coach Billy and uh, Nosey, they got good connections down there. Both had played there before. Um, so I get down there, and uh, it was amazing. You know, the atmosphere was awesome. Huge arena. You know, sits like six, seven thousand people. Um, the guys down there were amazing. It's a lot of good, a bit of older guys. So, um, like I said, I just went in there. Uh, had a really good camp too, um, and I had uh, I actually ended up meeting Michael Marcheson down there. Wow. Um, so yeah, we were down there, and uh, I was down there for about two and a half weeks three weeks um yeah and uh you know we we went through camp and off the ice too you know sometimes i think down there like it's just like it's you know it's hockey like yeah you're a pro athlete but you know you do have to have a, an off ice lifestyle as well so you know we were able to go golfing or uh or go out to you know top golf stuff like that do activities and stuff so that was uh pretty cool and um yeah i mean uh so it was cool, cool going down there, getting a first taste, um, seeing how the pace was and um, how the league was, you know, kind of played. And then when you went up um, and you really got the game experience, well, what can you take away from the league? Like we, we ask this to guys who go up there all the time, you know, SPHL is an mm -hmm. acronym, the Hattricks fans hear all the time, but I don't really think they know the level of play and the yeah. guys, you know? Yeah, I mean – I think just at that level, you look at guys like, um, you know, Lenny, who was here at the beginning of the year, uh, Yowzer, yeah, who uh, who just got called up. Um, you know, I think we can all say pretty much, 
you know, it's it's just uh, it's another step up. You know, the speed is you know a little quicker. Um, your decision making is a lot quicker. You know, you, you got that puck on your stick, and you gotta know basically before you get that puck where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just a you know another level to get up there and play. Um, and I feel when you are all eyes, you know, all ears, you know, just listen to your coaches, be a hardworking guy, and you know, it can really take you anywhere. Um, and I feel to play at the next level, it, you know, it starts with being a good, you got to be a good locker room guy too. You know, you always want to have a, I actually learned this from Lenny, have a big smile on your face, you know, yeah. no matter what's going on, you know, you know, times get tough off the ice, but, um, you know, you just show up to work with a smile on your face and it just brings up the room in the locker room. And, uh, I think that's a big part of character. And I think character is a big part of making it to the next level as well. Yeah, a good attitude for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned you met Marchie down there. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little about how you got him up <laughs> here. So yeah, we met down in Huntsville, and um, we were the two youngest guys, the two twenty-one-year-olds down there. Um, and uh, you know, it was fun down there. Like we we had a good time, and um, we had we had really good camps too. Uh, Coach Glenn and Coach Stu down there you know said we had good camps and then I you know I remember just uh it was kind of we got released one day um it was kind of like I showed up to the rink and I see a car pulling next to me I look over and it's, it's Marshy over there we get out of the car and we're like oh like you know you probably here for the same reason <laughs> go have our meetings whatever and uh, we walk out and we're like oh man like you know what's next so uh ironically me and him are just like you know what like Nashville's an hour and a half away. Let's pack up the cars and go to Nashville. So uh, we um, we packed up our cars and uh, headed headed north to Nashville. And it was actually my birthday the next day. All right, so uh, we went out in Nashville and um, you know had a good time up there. Mm, and then uh, I remember we wake up the next morning and um, the uh, the deal was for I was gonna head back to Danbury. And um, Marshy was going to come as well because, you know, Marshy is a very good player, as you guys can see. Uh, he's been a real big help to us this year. Um, so, you know, I talked to Billy about it, and I was like, hey, man, like, I got a good player down in Huntsville right now. Like, uh, I think he'd be a good fit in Danbury. And uh, we were like, yeah, let's, like, let's do it. So uh, Marshy ended up getting a call from Binghamton. And uh, he was like, yeah, like he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, you know, I'm going to come up to Danbury and stuff, like all good. So the the plan was to drive to Pittsburgh. We can stay, stay over at my house or whatever, and then drive up to Danbury. So as I'm driving to Pittsburgh, I uh, I get a call from Marshy, and he's like, hey, man, like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this turn and head up to Binghamton. I was like, oh, like, all right, like, you know, respect <laughs> to you, brother. Like, go ahead, go go up there, you know, all you, man, like. I wish you the best. Like you're a great guy. Like let's stay in touch. And then, uh, ironically, so he gets up to Binghamton, and uh, I mean, I guess you know things didn't really work out for him up there as he had planned. And a couple of weeks later, he gives me a call. He's like, "Hey, man, like you know, what do you think? You think we can still make this work?" And uh, we made it work. And ever since then, he's been a an awesome addition for us like great addition somebody who we have to get back on the show due oh, to yeah. technical difficulties on, the, on <laughs> yeah. the time we had him and kyle gonzalez who, mm-hmm. who actually played great this weekend i thought he thought he played really well um you're coming up on your like 75th pro game i think you have two more games and you'll hit 75 right 
Um, take us through just a little bit about your game day preparation. Do you have any things you do right when you get on the ice? I mean, that's something that I always, you know, do you start breathing a certain way? How do you get yourself checked in on game day? Yeah. Um, it's honestly for me, I try to say or try to not be superstitious, but I tend to find that I am. Um, so usually it's pretty much every morning. Uh, if it's a Friday game, we're going to morning skate. After that, uh, I'm up at Stony Hill Diner every single day, um, or every single game day. I uh, order the same thing. What do you have? I got a uh, bacon, egg, and cheese on a plain bagel <laughs> with uh, two hash browns and mm-hmm. OJ. And the the woman up there, the uh, the, wait, the lovely waitress, she uh, she just comes over to our table and she just looks at me and nods her head and she just brings it out. Like she knows us. We've been going there since last year. I have uh, I have gathered a lot of people with me to go. I've lost some guys going on the way. Um, Falanga, uh, Tricky, um, Lopez when he was here, Yao, Tobias, Ducky. You know that's that's kind of the group that would go up to Stony Hill. And then uh, it's usually hit the get back home and a uh, little nap. Um, and then uh, it just depends on depends on how I'm playing. If I feel I'm not playing too hot, I might stop at Starbucks and ice vanilla latte, extra vanilla. Um, if I'm playing okay, I might just, you know, straight to the rink, usually uh, two and a half hours before, three hours sometimes. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of how I like to be. What does the playing – uh, not too well or playing good have to do with the latte there like what's, uh, what's like the parameter? I don't know I just think I just think it's a superstition like maybe if I get a coffee and I'll score a goal tonight maybe if I don't get a coffee I, I, I just I think in my own head it's a, it's in my own head thing I think you know maybe it'll, maybe it'll give me a spark if I have a spark without the car- coffee, maybe I don't need the coffee that's kind of that's a pretty cool answer. that's kind of what I think so far out man oh yeah um so, uh, being that you're from Pittsburgh, I guess you're a Penguins fan. Absolutely. Any particular defenseman come through Pittsburgh that you've kind of modeled your game after? or? Yeah, I mean, Chris Letang, for sure. I've I watched him growing up. Uh, he's an offensive defenseman, likes to shut it down at home, too. Um, so, I've definitely modeled my game after him a lot, for sure. Um, I like our, our new guy, P.O. Joseph. Uh, he's a younger guy, too, just cracking the league. Um I like to watch him a lot as well. So, yeah, I'd say those two for sure. Yeah, he's a good player, Joseph. Um, one thing I want to ask you is, do you feel at this point, you're still so earlier in your career, and mm-hmm. you, you did get a little opportunity to go up to a slightly higher level. What are the things that you're going to work on or you've been working on? You know, because once you get into this profession, it's about refining the tools, right? right. What, what are the things you focus on now, right at this point? Um I think honestly right now I'm focused on being a leader. Um, as you can see, like we have a very young team this year. Um, and just coming in last year, I came into an older team. We had guys, you know, Phil Bronner, um, Aaron Atwell, Corey Anderson, and even guys, Gordy Johnny. And then um, my stallmate, Steve Brown, uh, that's a guy who I love. Um, he's, you know, a more of a brother to me he's a family he's a family member from now on like that guy I'll never forget I walked my first day in the locker room he just took me under his wing and uh he 
pretty much taught me the ropes as being a 21-year-old to play at this level. Um, I owe a lot to him for helping me out to get to where I am. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I just think being a leader, like, I want, you know, when I'm in the locker room, I want guys to be able to feel comfortable in the locker room, whether you're a young guy, um, a new guy or something like that. Uh, you know, we, uh, we have a really good group this year. Um, so, and obviously, you know, I'm still young, but I have a year under my belt as well. So my knowledge, if I can express it to the other guys coming in, I just, I, I try to do that as much as possible, you know, just, uh, teach some of the guys that, Hey man, like, you know, if you make a mistake, just, you know, there's no, no reason to yell at a teammate or anything to pick them up, you know? Um, you know, if, if you're struggling here, like, let's work on it. If you're, you know, if there's anything you got to come talk to, like, you know, my uh, my door is always open. And I think we have a really good leadership this year with Johnny as captain and uh, and Gordy and Gonzo and um, like I said, I mean even if even if you don't have a letter on your uh, jersey, it, you know you can still be a leader. Um, just a letter on your jersey, you know, doesn't define uh, who you can come up to and talk to. Um, there's a lot of guys in this in this locker room who uh, who are open, uh, open armed. Um, ZP, he's a guy. He's a hugger. He's a lover. He's a that flying he's Hawaiian. a scrapper too. He went right at it this weekend. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very proud of that kid. He's a scrapper, and I'm. Uh, that's a kid I'm really proud of as well. How he, you know, he's a rookie, but he's also 26. Um, so like I said, age age shouldn't matter. You know, we're all here for a reason. We all doesn't matter how you got here. We're all here, and at the end of the year, our goal is all the same. You know, we want to win a championship. So exactly. And then you know, speaking of getting the letters and leadership. I want to ask what your reaction was to, you know, Gonzo the C on Saturday. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Johnny's out right now and um Gordy's out as well. And uh Gonzo, he is a um he is a great leader. He has been a great addition to when he came in at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, it it really stung losing a guy like uh Lenny. Mm. Um so for Gonzo to come in and step up to the shoes that he's filled, it's, it, it, you know, I'm really proud of him for how he's handled this stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, that guy will go to bat for you and everyone, like everyone on the team has each other's backs. You know, I think, um, you know, like, like we talk about ZP, like it doesn't matter with size or anything like any, like, you know, you see a guy get cheap shot at or, you know, we're all going to stick up for our teammates and, um, Ironically, you know, I think that's that's what's going to win a championship, you know, having each other's backs and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean. to mention one thing you said earlier, it is a really young team, and mm. some nights, <clears throat> some nights we only have three defensemen that actually mm. have professional experience. You know, we're playing with a few younger guys back there. Right. Um, how's that changed from last season to this season in your mind? Um. Yeah, I think last season just coming in, um, being that younger guy, you know, I was on the bench and I'd be on the bench with, you know, Steve Brown, Aaron Atwell, Easton Oliver, you know, Garrett Gallagher, Zach Lazaro, all guys who were uh, older than me and all guys who had had more years under their belt, whether it was high levels of college or pro. Um, so I think last year was kind of, you know, on the bench learn a lot pick these guys brains um this year it's a little more of a different role like okay last year you got to sit down and learn 
this year now you have other people looking at you to learn Mm -hmm. so I think being on the bench with guys like Gonzalez back there and uh you know we have Riley Robertson who um he uh he won a championship in Watertown last year so he's a big help uh he knows how to you know win championships obviously he knows how to play the game um so it's it's nice to you know just give our younger guys a little bit of uh of input just on um you know if if you're doing something wrong or uh we'll work on it um it's not like you know we're not expecting everyone to to fix things in in one second or one shift you know like we understand it's going to take time to work on and that's when it comes to practice you know um we have a lot of guys who are stay out after practice for a good 20 you know 25 minutes extra like almost everyone likes to put in the extra work um but yeah i think on our back end uh it's nice to um to be a leader this year and and help some of the younger guys out or the rookies out this year speaking of leadership you know when when johnny ruiz is out on the ice there's Mm -hmm. a there's a level of commitment not only to the game but to the team and and uh he's often very vocal and stuff (laughs) what's it been like with him out of the lineup and, yeah. you know, playing these two very close games mm-hmm. with best team in the other division? Yeah, I mean, um, Johnny's our captain. He wears that C. Um, he's the voice of our locker room. Uh, he's a good voice. He brings us together when we need it. Um, with not having him and Gordy in the lineup, uh, it just it's another opportunity for other guys to step up. And I think that's another thing that, our team and and Billy has hammered in like you know who's going to step up who's going to be that guy you know so we got you know a couple big dogs who are out right now you know we need a, you know some other guys to step up and uh, fill their shoes um, when Johnny's in the locker room it's it's a great you know atmosphere a uh, lot of energy um, even when he's not in the locker room I mean he's still there you know what I mean uh, if he's not dressing like he's still in there he's still pumping us up he's still coming in between periods you know telling us this telling us that same thing with Gordy um so yeah I think you know it it hurts not having our captain in the lineup and it hurts not having Gordy in the lineup as well because those guys are two big big parts of Danbury hockey um so we will be very happy to you know hopefully soon that we get these guys back you have a three and three in Watertown Mm -hmm. they're in fourth place and you guys are just two points ahead of uh, Binghamton mm-hmm. uh, in, in the standings. How does how does this weekend play into the season here for you guys? Like this is this be a great, obviously a great sweep. If, you know, yeah. What, but this it, is a. Uh, it could also be rough to play up there. Oh yeah, this is a huge weekend for us. Um, you know, going up to Watertown, like we talked about, it's it's way up there. Um, three and three is never easy. Uh, like we, you know, I think that's where. You see who's going to step up and who you know who's going to fill these shoes, um, and just p- with playing a three on three, it's like you want to conserve, like you want to just. It's a battle. It's a grind. Like nothing's easy about it. Like it's three and three, you know. And uh, I we do have um, my one of my best friends coming, Tobias Ojic. He he'll be returning this this uh, weekend in Watertown. Awesome news. So great yeah, news. it's uh, it's yeah. great it's great to have him back in the lineup. That's a guy who I met last year. Um, I can call him a brother and a family member now. He's my best friend. Uh, so for him to be inserted into the lineup, and that's going to help us a lot. Um, if we you know to sweep these guys this weekend would be huge. Um, it put a little separation on us in the standings right now. 
Um, ultimately, I just think, you know, we need we need to step up and get this weekend done for sure. Just want to remind the fans that if you're listening to this episode, uh, the game is Thursday night, and it probably already happened uh, by the time you're listening to this episode. If you're looking at some of the schedules, uh, if you got a magnet schedule like we do here in our WXEI offices, uh, our studios, or if you have a pocket schedule, it may say that the game is played on Sunday. But it won't. It will be played on Thursday in Watertown, and the 3-3 three and three will start Thursday, and then there'll be a game Friday and Saturday. The boys will get to come back and watch the Super Bowl, I, I imagine, in Danbury uh, somewhere. But, yeah, just, I mean, it'll be a little too late to tell you this. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll put it out on Instagram now, I guess, to just remind people that the game is Thursday. So if you, look, yeah. if you looked at a magnet schedule, we're sorry. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, and then I also want to ask, I know we split the series with Columbus. Um, I just kind of wanted to know what changed from Friday's loss to Saturday's overtime win. Was it that latte? <laughs> uh, no, I did not get a latte, actually. Okay. <laughs> but um, I... Uh, I actually got a latte the first game, so oh, okay. I, I, no latte the second game. Though. Gotcha. Right. But um, I just think you know Columbus is a a good team. We're also a good team. Um, the energy this weekend was great. Uh, practice the past week was great leading up to Columbus. Um, I think in the you know the first game we played a good forty minutes of hockey, and then in the third period we did let off the uh, the throttle a little bit, which ultimately. You know, led Columbus to coming back. Um, the second game, I mean, I just think that was an overall good hockey game put together by our team. Um, you know, I uh, the, the atmosphere was pretty cool there too. Um, and just, you know, how it ended, it, you know, how else would you predict it to end? I mean, just watching, you know, the overtime goal and, you know, and then them not calling it and, <laughs> and it coming all the way back and then them scoring and, you know, you seeing them come off the bench and, you know, it it's just like, you know, we, we look and, you know, everyone's flipping out and stuff and it just shows like how much heart this team has, you know, like Coach McCreary's on the ice, you know, he's ready to get after an official just, you know, for making a bad call or stuff. <laughs> And it just shows, like, you know, we all have each other's backs. We're like, you know, like, we, we got to get this this correct. And fortunately, the refs made the right decision, and we got that got that win, and that was that was an amazing feeling. Well, that was uh, the most WWE ending <laughs> to any hockey game yeah. I ever saw in my life. And I think, I don't know if you actually noticed it, but the height of the drama came when Columbus was already in the locker room, and I think it must have been this young man here, Pat, or somebody hits the horn. Oh, yeah. and, and it's like, bah, yeah. the horn goes off. It's like, the, oh, my yeah, God, yeah. the goal is reversed. It's like it's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it's like literally literally some type of weird disqualification mm-hmm. in pro wrestling that, that happens like exactly. after the bell. Like, right. You know what I mean? Sorry, Pat. All good. Um, no, we always like to ask you guys, um, favorite place to eat around town? Hmm. Um... You know, I I like Stony Hill Diner right up the road okay. from there right up go. the road Close from uh, yeah, the La Quinta. Answer, yeah. Right, that's uh, I, I like that place and um, Mike's Tap Room as well. Up that road, they have good food up there. We uh, we like that place as well. Um, my uh, my roommate who obviously just left me, Yao. Uh, yeah. Me and him would go to those two places a lot, and uh, you know, 
I've been I've been lonely lately without him. And um, I know Yale kind of called you out on his episode about who has the messier yeah, I heard side. It, yeah, I heard about um, this. What's your response? Yeah, it's just totally false. Like, I don't <laughs> even, like, me and him, like, aren't messy people. <laughs> but, of course, he'd say that just because of the guy he is. Um, I, uh, It's just funny because I've been here. I've gone to Rona. Like, I've lived with. I started the year with Tobias, and then Tobias gets his teeth knocked out, and then I move in with Kuzi, and then I go to Roanoke, and I come back, and I, I'm living with uh, by myself for a little bit, then Igor Borshev moves in with me, oh. and uh, and then I move out, and I move to Yao's room, so messy side, it's him. It, it's him. Shots up and fired. Oh, yeah. Shots you, up you, and fired to so, Hattrick City. So you're back by yourself now? I'm by myself. Wow. Yeah. But I... I will be getting Tobias as a roommate when he comes back. Okay, I'm saving so that bed for Tobias. Full circle oh, moment. Full circle yeah. moment. Like oh, Step brothers yeah. type moment. There. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know I heard that he said I had a I was the messier one, but he is for sure the messier one. Luckily, I think uh, where he's at now in Fayetteville, he's living in his own room. So okay, you know, <laughs> lucky to the roommate that he's living with that he doesn't have to share you know a room with them or stuff. But he uh, he's a he's the messier one for sure. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens this weekend. I'll be bunkered down with a bunch of schoolwork and other <laughs> projects, and uh, it'll be a constant voice, right, starting Thursday night uh, yeah. to, to the next couple of days. Uh, I I do want to say that I don't think it's an easy place to play. It kind of reminds me of, like, Thunder Bay in some way. It's this weird old rink and, like, you know, Thunder Bay from Youngblood. Yeah. It, it's like this weird old rink, and uh, anything can happen there. Uh, it's not far from Canada. You never know who's in the lineup. Uh, so, uh, again, even though they're in, seems like, fourth place in, yeah. in our mm-hmm. division now behind Elmira, right. who's an expansion team, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the outcome with you guys this weekend. So good luck, Johnny. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Best of luck. Hey, this is Brennan Dallar, defenseman of the Danbury Hattricks, and you're listening to Hattrick City on WXCI. And just like that, Hattrick City episode 13 comes to a close. I want to thank all of our guests this week for coming on. And for those of you listening out there, please come out and support the Westcon Wolves. I was told afterwards their senior night has been moved to Friday night as opposed to Saturday night. So be there. It is at 7 p.m. at the Danbury Ice Arena free to attend saturday night is at 9 p.m also at the danbury ice arena and free to attend and just real quick if you're not following us on social media change that you can follow us on instagram at underscore hattrick city or on facebook you can find our page at hattrick city and on twitter at hattrick city pod i've been dj patty cake and this is me signing off for dj uncle matt as well here in hattrick city